This podcast is brought to you by The Binge Watchers Mafia. You can follow us on iTunes by searching for Binge Watchers Mafia. You can subscribe to our blog at bingewatchersmafia.blogspot.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at BW Mafia. Hello and welcome all. This is The Binge Watchers Mafia. We are back for Episode 9 of Game of Thrones Recap. Ankit. People were saying best episode ever. That That's so fucking prisoner of the moment. But it was a very good episode. The only problem I really had with it was this episode was I saw a lot of it coming a mile away. Yeah, we we kind of, yeah. I, I don't know what if I specifically called that Littlefinger would show up, but I think it was pretty obvious, right? It, that was one of the most obvious things. Yeah. Right? But it was very satisfying. Uh, we've said this a lot. I have no problem knowing what's coming if it's satisfying when it does happen. Like, Ramsey getting eaten by dogs was very satisfying. I had no issue with the fact that I was very confident that he was dead Right. in this episode. He died. He died in a, in a great way. Well, I was kind of surprised me how much, how much time I spent while watching the show. Literally thinking that Jon Snow was going to die. I'm just accepting that fact as reality. Because he, he had two scenes where you thought, wow, he's dead. Yeah. The, the scene where the horses were charging at him was one of the five best shots in the history of the show. And I think three of the best shots were in this episode. So that was really all. Awesome. That was a great, great shot. Very, very well done. Loved it. And I was really thought I really thought he was going to die, too, for like a quick second. Yeah, but like it was scary, right? It was a scary reality. And you just go through all the, you know, the storylines in your head is like, how do we go from here? And my the only thing I was thinking about is, God damn it, I'm not going to get that Daenerys Jon Snow baby I really want. Yeah, there's there's drama back with Jon Snow. Like I'm where I always thought he would never die. I'm now concerned about him. Yeah. You know, somehow I think it was just in this episode where I started feeling nervous about him. I don't know if it was that scene with him and Melisandre where she said, you know, maybe he brought you back just to fight in this battle. Like maybe that's that's why I think that that scene was in there for a reason, not just so that Jon Snow could say that, because that was probably something on his mind, but because the audience kind of needed to hear that. Right. But, uh, yeah, between that scene and then later when he almost drowned under a sea of bodies. Yeah. Which was also awesome. That was a fantastic scene. Yeah, I was very concerned. I was never concerned about Sansa, so thanks for the coffee. I appreciate you know, it. You know, what, you know what the funny part was? <laughs> yeah. The last scene, I was like, just a last-ditch Hail Mary effort. If the dogs would just eat her instead of Ramsey, that would have been dope. Wow, you are just – your perspective is completely warped at this point. You were just you're, – you're praying for miracles. I, I – ha- well, I got 25 to 1. That's right? pretty good, yeah. But thinking that, that the dogs were going to eat Sansa at that point, come on. I know, but – Come on, man. When you have money on the line, it kind of, you know, changes things. I mean, you know I'm a degenerate gambler, so. Yeah, it's true. I had a hope that the Warriors would score after after Kyrie made that three. So that was crazy. That was yeah. never going to happen. 
I don't even have money on that. So uh, let's just we so we we talked a little about this, but I kind of want to backtrack, talk about Daenerys real quick. Uh, what did we think of Daenerys going ham? Just this is because this is now peak Daenerys. This this is Daenerys Super Saiyan. Yeah, is what this is. This she is transcended to the level we've wanted her to be at, maybe for five years, right? Yeah. And the way the way you really saw it, and you see this with like great leaders or great you know athletes or whatever, it's not when they're doing things you know when when everything's going their way that you really appreciate it. But when stuff doesn't go their way, they start just to have this calmness about them. Like you kind of saw it with LeBron when they were down 3-1. Mm-hmm. But it's just a sense of calmness that gives you a sense of calmness. And it was the way that – it was the exchange between Tyrion and Daenerys that really, really, you know, drove it home for me. It was like, wow, she is – she's gone Super Saiyan. She is, you know, the best we've ever seen her. She's fully calm. She's fully in control. She knows what she's got to do. And the way she executed everything with the dragons and, like, the treaty or whatever, the surrender, quote-unquote, it was just all brilliant. I like Tyrion kind of reining her in a little bit, saying, hey, slow down here. Your dad talked about burning cities, too. He is the guy who basically controlled her aggression. Yeah. Without him there, she would have burned down everything, just everything in sight except for Marine. And she, and the fact that she didn't is why she needs Tyrion. Like, it's not that she doesn't need Tyrion, but, like, the fact that she didn't go off on Tyrion for, you know, fucking up the peace treaty or whatever, it, it shows a lot of growth. It shows a lot of strength, and it shows a lot of, uh, you know, just sense of responsibility on her part, I think. A, a lot of restraint on Tyrion's part for the way he handled telling the masters, okay, you have now go back and tell everyone what you've seen here and know that you should never challenge us. That wasn't his exact words, but that was a great, great scene. And then they just walk away like that. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, the best line was clearly when uh, saying like what they wanted, the masters were. And Daenerys goes, oh, I don't, I don't think we made it clear. We're talking about your surrender. Yeah. And then they're like, what the fuck? And then they turn around. There's three dragons just flying at them. That, was, that, that must have been very sad for them. Yeah, that we but we all saw this coming. That's what kind of took it away from it. But it's fine because it was executed very well. Yes. I guess this is kind of a minor point, but I'm always going to be the kind of person that questions the politics and the deal-making, whether they're realistic or not. Mm-hmm. And why would Daenerys accept the Iron Islands independence offer? in exchange for a hundred ships. Does that seem like a fair deal to you? It's not about the fairness of the deal, right? I, I don't think, first of all, Daenerys isn't in a position where, where she needs people to do things for her, right? At this point, no. In this point, she's, she's like basically a demigod. Right. She's at the top right now. Yeah. And I think, well, one, and I'm going to bring this up because I think it's very obvious and we need to bring this up. She liked that another woman was going to be in charge of a house. Yes. She just liked Yara. She had like an instant connection. Whether they're going to have sex later remains to be seen. Uh, I'm rooting for it. (laughs) You know. But I I think she likes that another woman is rising. And, you know, 
call it what maybe George R. R. Martin has a soft spot for women. I don't know, maybe because he doesn't see it in a, in the real world that often. But like women helping women move up, you know that that's I think something Daenerys can get behind, and that's what it makes her lenient. And she even referred to it as like this is not the this might be the only time she kind of gives in a little because Yara's a woman. Yeah, and I, but, I think it, in the end, like the Iron Islands doesn't really matter that much. Oh, for so sure. and so maybe for her it's like okay, well if they commit to no longer being Vikings, mm-hmm. first of all, like that just means the Iron Islands is like a rock. Like there's nothing on the Iron Islands. Right. So I guess and and then that kind of stops them from being a threat. So maybe she kind of handled this for the future. That was yeah. sort of how I saw it. And then also that you know Yara and Daenerys would be the greatest hookup of all time. It wouldn't be the greatest hookup all the time. It'd be pretty good, though. Yeah, for sure. Like, definitely in Game of Thrones, all time, we could discuss. I'm going to put it up there. I mean, Jon Snow and Daenerys is all time greatest hookup. I don't even... Do you you even think that Daenerys and Jon Snow, like, are going to be friends? I mean... What is their... Do do you think they match up, like, personality-wise? You want me to see if they're e-harmony profiles would match exactly yeah like what is their score what's their okay cupid score well they're both fucking you know dreamers right they both they both believe in some larger morality and like how of the way things should be so they, they definitely have a lot of basic principles in common i'm concerned that daenerys is still a bit too she she might think that john is a bit too sullen and boring. Just I'm t- looking at this from Daenerys' eyes, well, through, through Daenerys' eyes. Here's what Jon Snow has going for him, okay? Yeah. And I am fully on board with this tangent, and I will break it down piece by piece. Okay. Every guy Daenerys has been with has been some form of a great warrior, right? Just someone who kicks ass, right? Sure. I mean, the, the number the- of guys is two, right? And. Just in this episode alone, I think Jon Snow killed over a hundred people. He right? was pretty much unstoppable. I mean, I, I've never—he was a like a literal freight train, just running through everything, right? A- anything that came at him, he just destroyed. He was both an unstoppable force and an immovable object at the same time. It was—and I haven't heard this before in Game of Thrones, but I've—I heard it this episode. When he challenged Ramsey to like a one-on-one thing, which he knew, which everyone knew he wouldn't accept, was you're, you, there are stories about you that are, you are the greatest swordsman the North has ever seen. Yeah. So he's already one of the best swordsmen of all time. And that is something that's right in line with what Daenerys is all about. That, that's what she likes in men. All right. I, I accept this argument. I accept so. it. I think there is some legitimacy there for sure. So let's dive right into Jon Snow. Okay. Let's talk about this battle. Let's start with, I guess we should start with the pre-battle. Just talk about the meeting that they had and their battle strategy. First of all, did you catch on to like what their original plan was? Did you get what they were talking about? No, I, di- I didn't really get it, no. Yeah, so it seemed like their idea was Jon Snow was trying to bait Ramsay to charge them. Right. And then he was expecting that the wildlings would 
would retreat. Like if they have a battle line, right? Mm-hmm. And the cavalry charges at their line. If the wildlings ran away, right? They would run into the, like through the center of the line. They would, so that they would be in the center and the cavalry would charge them in the center. So okay. the center would kind of fold in into sort of like a V mm-hmm. and then they could surround them from the sides. Okay. That was like their strategy that they would do that. That's what they would do. And they would be able to get rid of the cavalry by doing that because that was their biggest fear is that they couldn't stand up to the knights. So that was kind of the way they were going to stop doing that. And then we felt, we saw what Ramsey's plan was. I thought it was a good plan. It was the only plan they really had to work with. I'm not sure that I think Sansa. So, so Sansa kept saying, you don't know him. And she was right, but I was kept saying, Sansa, like, what are you talking about? Th- that is the epitome of Sansa to me, right? She was very know-it-all-ish and yet she's didn't know anything. Wrong. Like, she's not wrong. Like, the thing she's saying is it's not incorrect because she's speaking the truth, but they are as pointless as truths come. It was very – there was no no wisdom that John got. Basically, no. it was almost like Sansa was – she was, like, getting in John's head in a way. Yeah, it's literally psyching out your own fighter before he goes in the ring. Yeah, it's like, it's that's kind of what it was, yeah. It's, it's the worst pre-match speech I've ever heard is what it was. So Sansa was right, and yet she provided no information. I'm not going to give her points for being right. She says, oh, I don't know anything about battles. Just don't underestimate him. Which I guess is something, but, you know, in the end, John was always going to try to save Rickon, right? Just Ramsey had more cards to play than John did the whole time. And I know we, as an audience, don't like Ramsey. We got to give him props. That was a great plan. Ramsey did almost, I mean, just zero to the finish. He did everything right. He executed whatever plan he had, I mean, masterfully. Right? Yeah, really, really them, masterfully. Like, he I, had that was them dead brilliant. to rights twice. Yeah. And the fact that they couldn't finish the job had a lot to do with, you know, them getting lucky. But it was very easily to foresee them getting lucky. There was no way that Ramsey thought that the Knights of the Vale were going to show up out of nowhere. Like, that was completely out of left field for him. He had no inkling that that was possible you know what i mean he didn't know where sansa was before this right you know he he basically had pocket aces pre-flop he went all in got you know the other people to commit all in yep and he he was in position to win and he just didn't you know yeah it just just is what it is yeah it was like they just got a sixth card right but yeah props to him though like you know for someone who i didn't know was capable of such you know, such a good game plan. Like he, he really showed up, you know, yeah. he died, but he showed up. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have a little bit of respect for Ramsey and let's just say that the battle plan was Ramsey's, but it was also the writers. And I thought it was an awesome way to do this battle. It was like this phenomenal. is, this battle was better than hard home for me because of the strategy and how many cool like things they could do with the shots, like with the cavalry charge and then yeah. with the 
the infantry surrounding them at the end and with the piles of bodies and like that was all everything they did was this is stuff that they thought up you know and they they killed it also can, can we talk about you know on the one side you have ramsey doing everything right can we talk about john snow and how he literally just you know he just hung his entire squad out to dry yeah i just don't see there any way that john is cold enough to not try to save rickon and then they're not going to not try to save John, right? No, no, the, you're not understanding what I'm saying. What are you saying? His mistake wasn't to go after Rickon. Is that his mistake was to charge at Ramsey after Rickon had died? I guess that's true, right? So Rickon got killed, and he was still a bit of a ways away, right? Right. And, and he then he went. just said because, but I also think that John kind of has a death wish at this point. Well, he's playing with house money. He's already died once. Well, I think he, like, wants to die. But that's that's a problem because he is the leader, all right? And when you're, when you're the leader, it, it's up to you to decide. If You have to understand that if you die, your whole cause dies. That, that's what leaders do. It's like – Yeah, a mistake for sure. And it was, it was a big mistake because it almost cost, you know, him, Sansa – Everyone. It cost everyone. I thought the the guy that made the biggest mistake was Davos, though. Like, he is the commanding the rear guard. Yeah. And he made a big error committing like that. But I, I thought he his hand was forced. I didn't think that he needed to engage. He was basically saying, maybe we're, lo- we're kind of losing. It wasn't really clear if they were losing or not. But committing their troops like that if he had stayed back, then they couldn't have been surrounded like that. It was only that he committed that allowed Ramsey. Like, he, he also kind of fell into Ramsey's trap. Now, again, maybe you could say that, again, he— I'm he, saying if Jon Snow doesn't commit early, Davos doesn't commit late. Right, right. So, but I think Davos should have been the one who kept a level head more than John because John just saw his little brother die. In a, you know, right in front of him and couldn't save him. Oh, by the way, in addition to Ramsey being smart in all the other ways we've already talked about, did you notice that the burning X's were actually staggered along the field and that Rickon was running in between them? Do you know why he did that? It no. was because he, w- he knew the range of each one of those X's. So it helped him line up his shots that he knew exactly how far away Rick and Oh, was. wow. So that was really cool as well. This is one of those things that I picked up on. It was hard to tell because the shots were from high up and looking down from a distance. But you could tell if you looked closely that they weren't at the, from the same distance from Ramsey. They were staggered. And that's why. So very cool for that little... Also, another... You know, badass move by Ramsey is just having the confidence in himself to make that shot. Like, he just knew he was going to hit him. Do you think he I thought missed the first three time. times on purpose and then hit? No, I, I think he missed three times on purpose. And okay. Then, yeah. If that's, that's true, that's really baller. I mean, we won't, we'll never know, but, like, that's the story I'll tell. That's quite a shot. Right. I mean, he got him right on the heart. I mean, just boom. Yeah, from a very long distance. Yeah. So, 
Damn, I mean, I don't like praising Ramsey this much, but... Yeah, but it's the only time you're going to do it. Yeah, that's it. It's over. I mean, this is the, the first and last time we saw him really step up. Uh, makes me wish he wasn't such an asshole, almost. <laughs> Shit. Well, it's not about him being an asshole. He was just a psychopath. Yeah. You know, he, 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 didn't, he couldn't control how he was acting. He has no feelings. He has no heart. No soul. Yeah. So, love the cavalry charge. Yeah. The bodies piling up was a little weird because there weren't enough extras when they were standing up to make it realistic that there'd be that many bodies. Yeah. And why were they piled up on top of each other? Like, if if they killed each other, they would kind of be strewn along the ground. I've never heard of a battle where the bodies were on top of each other like that. Yeah, it reminded me of, like, World War Z trailer, if you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And it... I was like, you don't see that in a war a lot, especially when there's not that many people relative to how big of a land it is they're fighting on. Yeah. So those like, things it, were stacked like 20, almost like 20 feet in the air. Yeah, like it was it, definitely it higher really than a person. It didn't make sense to me. At first, I thought like people were – so like a lot of people died in the war just through archery. Sure. You know, just arrows, just killing. I think yeah. Ramsey might have killed you know, at least thousands of his own men. Through his archer, through his like blind archery, you know. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. So like maybe I thought like people were just going to the same spot and then falling and falling, but I still don't think like they should pile up like that. Yeah, it w- that was a little weird. Not sure what to make of it except for just to say, okay, well I'll just give them the benefit of the doubt. But I I can't think of a reason that they would be stacked. That yeah, much. that just seems like a pretty obvious plot hole. Yeah, but whatever. It led to some cool some cool scenes. Yeah. That's true. The wildlings were basically completely ineffective, which is what we expected. Except for that giant. The giant was it. He was the only one. I thought they could have broken out when they were surrounded if they just kind of followed the giant. Did we know there was only one giant? Yes. We knew that? Yeah, we knew only one of them survived. Fuck me. I thought he – like when he said yes to Jon Snow, I thought he had like a group of giants. No, yeah, he. It's the same giant we've been seeing the whole time since I know, I that know. battle. I, I just thought he had like, you know, there were other giants. Yeah, that was part of my reasoning why I thought that he would die. Okay. First of all, it's just kind of like, it's too easy to have a giant like, in the future, mm-hmm. for him to like still have this giant walking around. Right. And he's such a big target. Like it's clear that he, yeah, he was just gonna get filled up. I with mean, arrows. it took like, eight hundred arrows to kill them. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's probably the last giant. Maybe like in the world. Because I bet any giant that's north of the wall is either dead because of the White Walkers or dead because they were battling at the wall like that. So that's probably it for the giants. That's good. They didn't have any speaking roles since they couldn't speak English or common as they would say in Westeros, yeah. the common tongue. You know what I underestimated? How much of a fortress Winterfell is? Winterfell is big, has high towers, strong walls, and very it's wide. wide. It's like wide. Yeah, it's wide enough where you can get a lot of... You, yeah, and you can see it also commands a hill in an open grass field. Like there's very little cover for anybody that would be attacking them or sieging them. Right. Now it's, it's also yeah. like naturally a good defensible spot in the winter because again, there's no, there's nowhere to hide. 
there's you can't really yeah. do anything. It's just so cold that Winterfell is built over hot springs, so they have kind of like natural mm-hmm. warmth inside, and obviously they have blankets and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a very strong castle, and it's centrally located in the north. Basically, whoever controls Winterfell controls the north. So yep. they got it back. Again, I have no idea what's next. They have not given me any foreshadowing is, of what happens now. This is this is this is where we've come to. Like so up until this point, I could have written, I could have told you about ninety five percent of what was going to happen, right? The, but from now on, now like anything is possible. Yeah, legit. I have no clue. I don't know who's going to be in charge of Winterfell going forward because Rickon was kind of the obvious candidate for that. I think it's Sansa because she has. So yeah, and so then it's just who does Sansa marry? Right. And more importantly, what does Jon Snow do? Again, I have no clue. What's until Daenerys comes? I, mean, I have not he... a clue what what he's gonna do. Well, that's the one. That's the yeah. one thing you could bank on. Daenerys is gonna get her thousands yeah. of ships, and she's gonna start sailing soon. Because her path is pretty clear at this point. But where is she just going to sail to King's Landing? Is it just straight? It's a good question about where you would attack from. Yeah. I mean, is it an attack? Like, is it just you sail and then you attack? Or is it you sail, you talk, and then... Where do you land your army, though? Right. You have to be able to land them somewhere before. Because I'm going to assume she wants, like... You know, her troops on the ground, the Dartraki, she definitely right. wants on the ground. The uh, the easy answer so, is Dragonstone to sort of mimic her ancestors' conquest in the same manner. Okay. So it would be Dragonstone, King's Landing, and then kind of take over the rest. But mm-hmm. obviously she has to get to the wall at some point. If I had to guess what Jon Snow is going to do, I would say prepare for the White Walkers to come. So he he's done. He's basically heading I guess, or like rallying the north. It would be super weird if he like went to King's Landing or something. Like Jon Snow and King's Landing would yeah, be the weirdest I, I, thing ever. I think he has. They're gonna have to stay put until they see. He Brand. probably yeah, just probably takes some and episodes then, off, you know. Right, and then or maybe like you know, it, it's gonna establish Sansa as a main player. That's that's where yeah. the show is going, right? They want to establish Sansa, and you know, you said that, that Jamie's having the best season, and it, you're wrong because Sansa's having the best season. I don't want to accept it because, again, I think Sansa—they're trying to make her have the best season, but everything she does just doesn't have that oomph that I want. You know, because now she's introduced Littlefinger; she kind of was forced to do that to kill Ramsay, but now she's stuck with Littlefinger yeah. again. So. Yeah. Littlefinger also having one of the quietest seasons. Littlefinger is back on track now of just doing everything he wants. Yeah. But it, he usually does things with more flair. And there's no flair here. There'll be it's some flair in the finale. It's, He's not I, a warrior, so, so he I wasn't going to be on a horse. There's only 50 minutes left. There's 50-something minutes left. And there's a lot more I want to see. And I know, like... This whole season, like, okay, a lot's happened, but so much has been expected. And we got a lot of payoff. We did, but, like, I wanted more. Like, these things didn't need this much time. We didn't have to wait an entire season to know 
that Jon Snow was going to beat Bolton. I mean, Ramsey Bolton. Nor do we need to know, like, see, you know, Daenerys kill all the masters. Like, that that was a foregone conclusion. She has dragons. But it just makes sense because it wasn't – if you just took what Jon Snow and Daenerys did, and that could have just been one episode. But So it obviously right. makes sense to split it up, right? Because it's dramatic to put yeah. it near the end of the season. Just for the narrative arc of the season. No, no, yeah. I, I I get it. It's not that I don't get it. It's that I thought this season, although, like, the execution was at 100%, like, it wasn't, like, the the wow factor wasn't... Story-wise. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, right. The plots didn't really get as far as, like, people... Yeah, think they, they, they definitely made a lot out of just less material, less less strong material. Yeah. Um, I don't even I don't even want to say weaker because it wasn't weak, just wasn't as strong as the previous stuff. Yeah, and after this Sunday, there's only f- what 14 episodes left. I'm not clear, but it could it could really just wrap up. Like it could they could just cruise this out now. They they could just teleport Daenerys and yeah, kill Cersei, kill the High Sparrow, like. Ramsey's dead. There's basically not a lot left to do at this point. So yeah, it could be open. It could be over quick. Yeah, and then I would be kind of confused because again, I'm really confused about Arya. I'm confused about Sansa. I don't have a g- good idea about Jon right now because he's just so beaten down. Like I'm not like, it's almost hard to root for him because he's so depressed at this point. But he's still amazing, yeah, right? I mean, more he's still, like, he, charging yeah, a, a line yeah, of cavalry. He, like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's not so that he's depressed. He's just depressing. He's just depressing to watch. Because he, he's, like, he feels sorry for himself. His body language isn't really the same. Like, yeah, it's just a hard guy to root for at this point. It's hard to root for someone who doesn't. Yeah, Sansa's getting all the good lines, you know? You're going to die tomorrow. Yeah, she's, they're just giving her all fucking one-liners. and she's, she's, You know, they want her to be MVP. They're rigging the show for her to be MVP. And it is what it is. I have to accept that. Okay, so that's where we are. Um, all right, let, let me just go through my list here. We talked about the archery thing. We talked about the shots that I like. Then th- this one I really – I just want to make one more mention of John ch- charging at the cavalry. That scene was almost identical to Aragorn in the third Lord of the Rings movie when there's like almost no there's no soldiers left and they're basically fighting all of Mordor right before Frodo destroys the ring it's the same shot where Aragorn from they're looking at him from behind and he's like charge and just runs and then they all charge after him that was definitely a cool homage to have that scene there and I think Episode 10 predictions. We, we know that Sansa and Littlefinger are going to have an argument. S- Littlefinger yeah. is going to try to seduce her or, you know, lay down his cards that he wants to marry her, which obviously she's not going to do. Daenerys is going to set sail, I suppose. Maybe that'll be like the closing scene. They're going to spend a lot of time on Cersei's trial, I suppose. Right, exactly. And then you have Daenerys. She's having her purse up in Marine. She's getting the squad ready to go. And that'll be that. And maybe there'll be an Arya scene. 
where she's on a boat back, and that'll be that. And then, and then you close out in King's Landing, hopefully with a not dead Cersei. All right. Well, we we've gone through everything I wanted to talk about. There wasn't a ton of plot, but there was great execution. Thought this was a really strong episode. This guy, uh, Miguel uh, Sapochnik, S-A-P-O-C-H-N-I-K. Um, this is the same guy who wrote and directed Hard Home last year. This guy's strong. So if you see this this guy in the future, written by Miguel S., I think we should expect fireworks again because they're giving him the heavy material. Well, for Frank at Singh, I'm Frank Malafrante. We'll see you one more time. I hope you've appreciated this season. And thank you so much for listening.